0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. Oh, Going to be starting the show off by talking about how to get outside more. What? This is a reminder to myself, if nothing else. I'm letting you all exhibitionistically watch me essentially do a reminder to myself. Get out, get out, get out. We're going to talk about why that's important, both personally, but also uh, I think it's a universal mental health thing for all of us. And then, of course, we'll be talking about a bunch of other really important stuff. As always, dropping those gems. I like to round everything out. Longtime listeners of the show know that we never know the journey we're going to take. Start with one topic, you land somewhere else. Going outside now. Now, for those that are familiar with me, they, those of you that you know, listen to the show, follow my social media, y'all know that uh, I'm not the most outdoorsy, and the heat and the sun really trigger my seasonal affective disorder. What the summer, yeah, believe it or not. And um, I'm always reminding myself to get outside more when COVID first started. Talk about happy. (laughs) <laughs> what? You want us to stay indoors? What? See as few people as possible? That was like a dream. And it I really got comfortable. But then, of course, we started talking a lot. And I was talking endlessly on the show about this, about seeing people, talking to at least three people a day, really trying to keep ourselves connected, trying to keep ourselves also distracted, finding moments of joy. But we talked a lot about the importance of going outside, getting fresh air, vitamins, something I'm always reminding myself. Uh, I I, I am repeating myself, but I want to share a story with you because this anecdote was really meaningful to me. So for those that have already heard it three, four or five times, bear with me. But there is a uh, vitamin shop supplement store that I love going to. It's here in the Hollywood area, West Hollywood, actually, very popular place. And I got to know the individual who works the vitamin counter. Actually, both of them. One of them, she wound up leaving to go work in the arts. But the gentleman who's there, still there, really smart guy, loves talking about supplements, vitamins, minerals. So I went in there one day, coming in hot, as I tend to do, running slightly hypomanic at times. And I went in talking about my stress. And I said to him, I need a vitamin, my adrenal glands, my stress, went on and on. He just stood there. As he does, very grounded, very calm, just listening, letting me kind of vomit all over the place. This was a very rough time in my life. This was a couple years ago. And he said to me, when's the last time you were outside? When's the last time you were barefoot and actually touched earth and nature? And I thought, oh my God, it had been a year, not a year since I'd been outside, but a year since I had my bare feet which means my skin me actually touch earth a lot of people the only time they're outside is when they're not actually touching the ground they are wearing shoes um even if they're hiking they're not using their hands to grab any earth there's something really grounding and powerful necessary and healing and soothing all sorts of stuff and very regulatory when our bare feet touch the ground and he said to me you don't need a vitamin you need to go like spend more time in nature in the earth, take your shoes off and just stand on grass, take your shoes off and go to the beach and pick up the stand, sit on it, like make contact, remind yourself what matters, what's real, you are in your head, you are out of your body, you are not grounded and nature is true, nature is honest, nature reminds us that we are connected to everything and everyone, nature soothes us, it helps regulate us, we breathe fresh air, we take in new sights, sounds and smells, Bam, I went and did it and it was a game changer and it was something I've always held on to. And that's why I love that story. We're always looking for a quick, easy answer. Give me a pill. That's literally what I went in there saying. Just give me a pill so I don't have to be different. Give me a pill so I can do it easy and don't have to do the work. And a lot of people come into therapy thinking that way. They want to feel different. They want to feel better, but they don't want to be different. And therapy is about being different. Being in the world and being better is about being different. We need to get away from shaming emotions, thinking if I'm I'm anxious or I'm depressed, that's bad, give me a pill, I need to get out of it. No, we have to learn how to carry our anxiety and our depression with us. We have to learn how to not always try to find the quick, easy answer. Happens when clients come in even with sexual concerns, where I'll say to them, your sexual functioning is fine. You just have this optimal, idealized version of how you should be operating, and you want a quick Tip or trick to do it. And that's not how the world works. And what you need to do is get more comfortable with your body, get more confident in who you are, settle more into pleasure and not performance. And this is exactly what this wise gentleman at the supplement shop was telling me. And it was really powerful, really heavy, really transformative. And it just rolled out. And then we very much mimicked that when during COVID, everyone was buying plants. The lines at the local plant stores were. Wild, They were down the block because people were trying to bring nature in. People realized inherently that we needed more connection. Um, And I've noticed the difference. I have plants and flowers all over my home, and it really shifts my mood and my experience of the day, the world, but also just where I am. So I think when we're talking about how do we get outdoors more is really important. Some people are in an office all day long for 8, 10, 12 hours, a recording studio, an office, or even just their homes. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how to get more access with nature because it's often about the small tweaks because none of us are willing to make the grand sweeping changes we need to make. And that's often what's really necessary. And we sometimes just perform change and perform solution because we're not really willing to do the deeper work. So, we will um, align with that by talking about some quick, easy things to do. But I want to call out that what we really need is more macro, grand sweeping shifts. But stick around, we're going to talk about how to bring that, get ourselves outside more. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back.
0: And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: All right, y'all, we are back, and we're talking about a topic that has always been a little bit of a... Um... I've had a lot of conflict around it. We'll say it like that. I was never outdoorsy. Uh, I never was, I was not raised, I was raised in the typical American family where we didn't have a connection with nature. We didn't have a connection with much outside of ourselves or materialism. That's how a lot of us operate. And when we're outdoors, we're wearing shoes. We don't want to get dirty. We don't actually sit on the ground. Our bare feet don't touch the earth. It's a lot of why we have some of these anxiety disorders. We're dysregulated. Um, and we're always looking at the science. There's a couple pet things I'm always tracking. I'm always trapping things around happiness and self-care. Nature and outdoors is another one. And there's a whole brilliant area of our f- my field called eco-psychology. And it's really beautiful. And it also connects us then to spirituality and Eastern psychology and Eastern philosophy about our oneness with nature and these arbitrary separations and boundaries that we create. I talk about that on the show, you know, where we talk about different identities and it really winds up being a boundary or a wall and it others we do that with nature as well. We are deeply connected. We can't not be connected, but we don't even take care of our home and we're nothing without nature. Now we want to go colonize Mars because we've ruined this planet. We're going to go up there and do the same thing. It's a mess. I know we're not colonizing Mars anytime soon, but I just mean as seeing all these people going into space, it's all wealthy people that are capitalists and they're going to go set up the same problematic systems on other planets that we did down here. So we should actually try to take some accountability and responsibility for what we've done too. And with the earth as a opposed to just trying to kind of like push forward, you know, climate change and all of that shows us that we can't be trusted. We are not stewards of nature. Science jumps in and says, yeah, the more time we spend outdoors, the healthier we can be. Psychology says that as well. And you don't necessarily need to go on a retreat, go to an island, go to another country, or go to a mountain to connect with nature. And that's what's really beautiful is it's very accessible on the daily. I would bring that up all the time when I talk about self-care. I'll say, go eat your lunch outside. Use your break to take a walk or steal time on the clock. It's your life, it's your mental health. If you can get out of the office whenever you can, as much as you can, go for walks, take calls outside, go sit on the grass. I think that's awesome, um, and then we look at um, look at research, a meta-analysis, a bunch of re- a bunch of research put together, found an association between time outdoors and lower risks for a lot of health conditions. Why, we're moving our bodies, it also leads to other positive outcomes, so it's causation and correlation depending on what we're talking about. <clears throat> Looking at some of them, excuse me, clear my throat, I'm a human. Uh, what are some of the lowered risks based on spending time outdoors? uh type 2 diabetes and again you're going to see a lot of these are about movement they are about just improving our lifestyle they are about necessarily like grounding and soothing but uh type 2 diabetes cardiovascular disease premature death preterm birth stress blood pressure bam that's why it's the great outdoors you know what i mean it's pretty wide reaching but for a lot of us in the office at home weather how do we build in small moments and i think weather is a big determinant the cooler it is uh, when it's raining, snowing, cold. Those are when I go outdoors more. You'll see me doing that Um, versus those that wait for it to be sunny. But again, that's for another day, that topic. Uh, So what are some ways that we can slowly kind of get outside a little bit more? Well, start your day by going outside. That is what I do. I used to start every day by having coffee, sitting outside watching the sunrise because I'm an early riser. And that's one of the most honest, beautiful, spiritual, transformative moments is it is silent. There's often no one else out. There's an early morning coffee shop by me. I sit outside there and I just watch the sunrise. I watch the sun come up, drinking my coffee in my hoodie. It That's real. That's what's true. That's what's honest. If, if you're looking to ground yourself in 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 truth or spirituality or God or nature or mental health, whatever the words are, creativity, that's it creativity, spirituality, God, healing, health, nature. None of that's going to be found at the office. None of that's going to be found in your car. None of that's going to be found in your home, although we can access it. That is not where we're going to find its deepest, most powerful manifestation of it. Get outside. So first thing is, can you start your day by going outside, going for a walk, sitting on the stoop, watching the sunrise? Like leave your phone off, leave your phone wherever it is. Start the day that way. That's a huge one. Because again, now we're tying in a lot of things. We're tying in mental health, self-care. We're getting away from our phones, but we're bringing in this nature perspective. Start your day by looking out the window. Start your day by opening the window and just looking out, breathing in the air. Start your day by going for a walk in your neighborhood. Start the day by sitting on your stupor in your backyard. Start the day by walking a few blocks to a coffee shop and sitting outside or driving there. Start your day outdoors. Start your day clear-headed. Start your day grounded. Start your day with a smile on your face. Your emails have been sitting there for the eight hours you were sleeping. They can chill for another nine or ten hours. I don't check any email until hours into my day starts. I don't want that brought into my body or my psyche. I don't want those emails and the content in them determining how my day starts or my mood. I also end my nights that way, and that's another topic, but at around seven o'clock or so, maybe a little later at sometimes, I'm done. I'm no longer accessible or reachable. Whatever comes in will be dealt with the next day. I'm not 7-Eleven. I'm not available and open 24 hours, seven days a week. I'm not a hospital. You know, my clients know if you have a crisis, call 911. Otherwise, I'll get back to you in a few hours, you know, said lovingly. Um, My friends and family members know that I'm no longer tied to my phone. I'm working on being off my phone as much as possible. We got to take a break. We'll keep talking about nature, self-care, mental health. It all comes together. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about how to bring yourself more into the outdoors to thereby bring the outdoors more so into you love this topic because we're talking about everything eco psychology, we're talking about mental health, we're talking about self care, we're talking about healthier patterns and habits in our life. We're talking about boundaries. I was saying how I'm practicing being accessible only during certain times. I don't start my day or end my day letting other people force content or material into my nervous system or my brain. I wanna go to bed comfortably and I wanna start my day in a certain space. And and leaving our phone aside, instead of making the first thing we do check our phone or our email, knowing it's whatever's in there, sat there while we slept, it can wait another one, two, three hours or so. Starting your day outdoors, that's the first thing we're doing. I promise you, doesn't matter the temperature the weather, you can stand by the window, open the window, go for a walk, sit outside, sit in the back, go sit outside at a restaurant, a coffee shop. It's helping us set boundaries with the world. It's helping us start ground, being grounded. It's also reminding us what we can do throughout the day if we need grounding. And, I'm always, and as I remind you all, I'm reminding myself this. This is very important. The world doesn't train us this way. These are things we have to seek out on our own. I love this one as well. Here's another way we can bring ourselves into the outdoors more. Park a few blocks from the office or get off public transportation to stop early. It is so interesting to hear that brought up because I intuitively started doing that. So here's the deal. I don't know what was driving this, but there was a time when I was a little more social back when I was single and I drank and things like that. And now my life is very different. I don't you know, participate in those things. And I would often walk. I live in LA and I live in a very accessible area. So within 30 minutes, I could walk to a lot of the places I'd wanna be. And I'd often walk because it felt good to be out and I could clear my head and I'd play music. And music was part of me regulating my mood, but also having some control over the mood I wanted to be in. And I would choose songs that put me in a certain state. And I would walk to, again, I don't know how to really explain it other than it brought out the best in me. I was able to clear my head. And I also, when I would Uber somewhere, I would naturally, without even really thinking about it, have them drop me sometimes a couple blocks away so I could get that time in if it was too far to walk. I would say Uber me to an extent, but I'd say drop me off here and I'm gonna walk the rest of the blocks, the next four to five blocks and put on my music. It was just built in. I knew that I wanted to arrive in a certain state. I wanted to kind of shed what was left behind. It was really hard for me to just get in my car, the Uber and go from door to door. It wasn't enough time for me to uh, essentially transition and I think that's what it's about, transitions. I try to talk a lot about the power of transition. Transitioning home after being at work all day, transitioning into bed, or transitioning into the start of your day when you wake up, transitioning from being a one-person psychological unit into coming home or going on a date or seeing a friend or a partner or a family member. Transitions are important. We don't pay enough attention to them. We don't really have a lot of rituals for them, which is why people come home cranky and don't know how to adjust to like family life and being met at the door by your kids or your loved one. and transitioning to work from the weekend or from the weekend into the work week or even from the work week into the weekend that was hard for me it was hard for me to remind myself you're not working tomorrow you have off like leave all that behind that will be waiting for you Monday morning when it starts again and I realized me walking places um, was a way to help me do that so think about that can you walk to work Can you bike ride to work? Can you park a little further from work? Can you get off a few stops early from the bus or the subway and walk, put on your music? Maybe get your coffee. Maybe then get coffee and sit outside the coffee shop and just think and people watch or journal. But add the music if you want. Let the fresh air be there or the sunny sky. I love when I see people walking across the Brooklyn Bridge and walking to work or biking to work. It's part of transitions, but you're also checking all the boxes, physical health, mental health, spiritual health listen to your podcasts, taking the time back. It's not about, I don't like the idea of being optimal and making use of all your time, that's gross. We're trying to get away from that. That's restriction, that's pressure. It's quite the opposite. We're trying to use music and that walking time to let go of all of that and to just sit with yourself and to feel what you feel and think what you think and do active imagination where you're through your imagination and fantasy. You're performing things and thinking about things and imagining things and taking yourself in your head to different places and different roles. That stuff is very important. So I love that one. Um, This one's a little wonky for me. I don't relate to this. I would never do this, but I'm going to offer it to you all. One of the articles that I was looking at about how to bring ourselves into the outdoors more, or you know, bring the outdoors more into us, volunteer to dog sit. I would never do that. It, but here, I'll read you what they say. If you can adopt a pup of your own, which is a surefire way to spend more time outside, and I think that's beautiful for those that like dogs. It will force you out of your house more than once a day also forces you to socialize if you want. You can go to a dog park and just walk around your neighborhood, you'll, you'll talk to other dog owners. Just make sure your schedule allows you to be around the dog. I think it's not very kind to be gone all day long and the dog be at home alone or locked up in a cage all day long. What's, that's not, that shouldn't be what the dog's life is about. And so maybe think about getting a dog before you do and ask yourself what kind of quality of life am I giving my dog and would I want that? But for those that are down with the dog's, lend, tell your friend or a neighbor, <clears throat> you're happy to walk their dog. Sometimes you're happy to dog sit overnight for the day. I have no interest in walking a dog or picking up its poop. So I'll never do that. Um, but you might, <laughs> we're going to take a little break. We're going to do some DMS and then we're going to come back and keep talking about nature, bringing it to us and it's to us to them and them to us. All right. Stick around y'all. you will listening to love line with Dr. Chris on channel Q and odyssey. We'll be back. All right, we're back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, uh, let's see. Hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Jerry. I've been seeing this guy for a little over three years now. All right, all right. So this is a uh, pre-pandemic relationship. Y'all hung in there through those, through those uh, pandemic times. Yo, props to those that were able to do that, especially when there were obstacles like long distance, employment, financial concerns, health issues. You guys survived a lot, but that's not the question. Uh, you said, been together a little over three years. The pandemic was surprisingly great for us. See, rubbing it in. There can be some you know, positives that come out of difficult times. Listen to this one. You said you bought a house and you moved in together. Y'all are winning at life right now. Pandemic, psh, we don't know her. The past two years we built a house built a beautiful relationship and moved in together who's who's this corona everyone keeps talking about that's you talking all right so back to your question you said now we're both slowly adjusting back to normal normal work life and our social lives i don't even know what that means when people say that because for me everything's just different everything is just different like there's no going back to anything we never really go back to anything we push forward into something new so i don't know what normal means i see the world differently I'm completely working from home. I'm living life in my sweatpants. I'm happy. So I don't know what you're all talking about. Uh, but anyway, good for y'all. You're back to normal. You guys are winning at life apparently. Your question says, I've noticed though that our sex life has gotten a little boring. Ah, there's the fatal flaw. It seems like we went from the fun dating couple to the married at home and in bed by eight. See, that's the dream for me. Bed by eight. Yeah. I want to bring this up but I don't wanna hurt his feelings because I feel like he actually enjoys it. See, you're dating me, you're dating me. I'm all about that, I'm like 8 p.m. bedtime, I'm in. Has it, uh, what was your question? Has it been normal for couples to do this over time, especially during the pandemic? Well, two problems here. You think your sex life has gotten boring and you don't have an emotionally safe relationship. Um, Your relationship lacks intimacy, yes. If you can't have difficult conversations, your relationship lacks intimacy because you're gonna withhold other important conversations. So the first question is, why do you feel it's not emotionally safe? You don't wanna make your partner feel bad, but are they that fragile that if you said to them, hey, I want us to bring some newness and novelty into our relationship, that's something that's gonna make him feel attacked or bad, so much so that you can't even bring that up? Well, dear God, you need to work on helping him tolerate more intimacy and challenge because there's a lot more coming down the road If you're gonna be together and be homeowners and everything else, like y'all gotta learn how to have intimate conversations. So use this topic as an opportunity to practice it. And I would frame it that way. Hey babe, I realize we don't have an emotionally safe relationship. As evidenced by, I haven't been giving us the opportunity to really work on some stuff. I haven't been honest with you. I am not happy with the structure of our lives. You have to be able to have conversations like that with people we are in relationships with. So I'm concerned. What is going on that you both can't tolerate that? That is not a hard conversation to have. It shouldn't be. Normalize that so you have to talk about it. There's no there's no name calling, there's no attack, there's no critique even, it's an us issue. When we're in a relationship, it's an us issue. So you have to say, we need to work on this. This isn't feeling great, um, but yes. We get into habits and patterns, and that makes our sex lives boring. So it sounds like you need newness and novelty in all areas of your life. What you're doing, when you're doing it, how you're doing it. But bigger than the sex, you need to start with the bigger issue, which is we don't have an emotionally intimate or safe relationship, as evidenced by me not feeling comfortable having important conversations. Start there. We're not even going to worry about the sex because you're not even able to have the kind of conversations you need to have. So that is your first piece of work and then slide back into the DMs down the road after you've solved that and then ask me about sex because I don't even want you to worry about that right now. Work on being able to be more transparent and honest with each other and being able to tolerate that stuff. That is where I want you to start working and I want everyone to hear what I just said. That's an important part of being in a healthy adult relationship is having these difficult conversations because lots of things are coming down the road, y'all. That ain't it. We don't even need to be worrying about sex. Work on safety first, intimacy, tolerance of closeness, difficult conversations. Yeah, that matters more. And then once that's comfortable, you can be like, yo, we got to change things up sexually. What can we do? It'll be simpler. That topic will be far simpler once you've done that work. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. DMs, drop them the DMs on our on IG page. We got answers for y'all, whatever you're worrying about. But stick around. We got more to come. You're listening to Love Line, with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. We'll be right back. righty, we are back and uh talking about a topic that's become more and more meaningful and important to me and it's about nature time in it time with it it's part of our you know birthright it's part of our history it's part of our genetics it's part of our everything like we are connected and the more disconnected i am from it the more i feel it the more connected i am the more i feel it I, the more time I spend in nature, um, outdoors, in the right contexts with the right people, I've started hiking more, often by myself, again, with my music, letting my mind wander, doing what we call active imagination, where I fantasize and imagine myself in the world doing different things, different traits of myself. It's a way to like model and to test things out, but also just to tap into creativity and higher thinking. It's where I develop a lot of my ideas. And you know, we live busy lives and people live in different climates. And so we're just talking about all the different ways to really access it. So far we talked about starting your days outdoors somehow. Can be literally just a few sips of coffee. Uh, Parking a few blocks from work or getting off the bus or the subway a few blocks and walking those extra blocks to clear your head, to move your body, maybe to listen to music, just to ground yourself. God bless it, we talked about volunteering to dog sit or walk a friend or a neighbor's dog as a way to get out. I mean, it's a way to also meet people, to socialize. It's also very kind. Don't ask me. I'll never do it. Um, Here's an interesting one. I like this one, because it now really is about that socialization. I tell everyone to at least connect with three people a day, whether it's text, FaceTime, someone standing in line with you, uh, near you at a coffee shop or a colleague, at least three people a day we should be connecting with. So log that away, put it in your back pocket. But here's a way to bring people together. Have a party, a game night, a dinner party, or a barbecue. Think about that. It doesn't have to just be parties. It doesn't have to just be weekends. That's a good way to go. get out. Have a game night outdoors. Contact a friend who has some kind of outdoor area for that or have a barbecue or a picnic. Local parks often allow you to just show up and do it or to rent it out or to get a permit. Look into that. A lot of people need an invite somewhere. There's a lot of people that are still isolated. There's a lot of people that are just lonely in general. There's a lot of people whose maybe friends are all partnered up. So throwing something like that gets people together. It gets us out. It's great. I'm that I'm tucking that in the back of my mind as something to do take your workouts to the backyard I love that you don't have to work out at home or in a gym sometimes maybe do it outside Uh, Again, I live near a lot of parks and I also live near a hiking area and both have people doing that where they're there for their fitness and they're there for their fitness and to be outdoors and they're there for their fitness and to be outdoors and to socialize because they might have friends with them and they're hiking together or they're doing a yoga class together or they're just workout buddies in their backyard at the park. Some of the parks have workout equipment or I see them at the hiking trail stopping in certain areas to do certain exercises while they're jogging or hiking and they're together and they're outside. So it's like a double whammy. I love that. Um, Schedule meeting outdoors with coworkers. Uh, Now, I would hate that. I'm not really involved in anything where that would be applicable, but I wouldn't want to do it outdoors in the heat or the sun, so that wouldn't work for me. But for those of you that love that stuff, maybe take the meeting outdoors. Teachers, professors, maybe have class outdoors. I loved when our professors used to do that. Let's meet outside today, you know, in the shade, under a tree. Loved it. Again, another way to really just access a different part of ourselves because a different part of you is in action when you're sitting with nature outdoors, at least for me, it is. I'm different. I'm, I'm soothed. I'm, I'm actually more solid, I'm I'm, I'm more coherent. I, I'm imagining myself, last time I was just sitting in the grass talking with a friend and it was a very different experience. I have a friend and we often will sometimes when, when he's in town, go to this one park that we used to hang out at and we'll just sit there and catch up and talk about our lives in the grass, sometimes on a blanket, sometimes not. It's really beautiful. Also think about that for dates, first dates, anniversaries, um, Going to the beach, going for a walk on the beach, going to the beach at night for a walk, going for a hike, meeting in the park, having a picnic. I love dates like that. Let's get a bunch of food, let's get a blanket, let's go sit in a park and just talk about what we're seeing, what we're hearing, let's lay there. It's very romantic, it's very cute. It's something different. Think about that. Uh, Having lunch outside, that's another interesting way. You just take your meals out there meditating in the park. Yes, yes, yes. Daydreaming, of course. Here's a strange one. I always like when I bump into a strange outlier. Try this one on. Again, these are ways that we can get more outdoors, connect more with nature. Give yourself a mani or a petty with a view. You're open, you're you're going to open a window to let the fumes out anyway. Why not just set up shop on the porch or balcony? Your nails will dry faster so sure. Basically, it's saying just whatever it is you're doing, cut your fingernails outside, knit outside. I don't know. Um, pretty much everything can be done outdoors depending, I guess, on the you know climate. I love planning a date that way. Let me see if there's anything else really important here. Oh, I love this. Make your weekly phone call to your mom on the balcony or outdoors. That's another interesting one. And I never really put all these pieces together. But when I have to make a very important phone call, I always take it outside put in my head bud, my earbuds, and I go for a walk and make the call. I don't know why it gives me space. So I don't feel as restricted or tense. It soothes me. I think it's because the environment is like a holding pattern. It's like a soothing container and I can move around so I can have activity. So if I'm feeling stressed, I can dispel it. All right. We're gonna take a little break and we'll come back and keep talking about this. We'll start on this point because I think it's important. And listen to Love Live with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. all right y'all we are back and we're talking about nature all of its healing dynamics but i was saying how i naturally take important phone calls outside and i never really consciously chosen that or thought out why but that is what i do and i think it's because when we're tense we need to discharge that energy and walking is a constant discharge Walking also helps me work through. I also don't feel claustrophobic. Uh, I also feel more free to share my thoughts. Uh, I also find the outdoors very like soothing. Um, I, I don't know how to say much more than that. It's a very felt experience. I can't really put it into words, but it's something to think about. How do we get more outdoor time, more time with nature? How do we work better through difficult phone calls? Try taking them outside. Uh, for me, there's privacy, there's beauty, it's soothing. Uh, I was the one day I was taking a very tough phone call and I was collecting pretty leaves while I was talking. And that dual level of attention was very helpful. I was coming in and out, listening and not listening. Um, Think about that. Instead of going to the supermarket, try shopping at a farmer's market. I think that's great because not only are you outdoors, you're also going to support local vendors and small businesses and they need our help more so than these larger supermarkets. So you're also maybe able to buy local and organic, uh, fresher foods, awesome stuff. Check out farmer's markets. I think that's also a great way to spend a day with someone. I think it's also a great date. I've taken dates to farmer's markets. That's me. On a Saturday, that's what I want to get up and do, get coffee and wander around a farmer's market. I know people there, I meet people, pick up some fresh produce. And that's how I see if we're socially compatible because those are the kinds of things I want to do. We're not if they want to go out drinking the night before and then be sleeping in all morning. That will never work with my life. I go to bed early and I get up early and I go do my thing, you know? So I love things like that. Farmer's markets are awesome. You get your errands done, support local vendors. Love this as well, choosing less convenient spots in the parking lot, unless you're going to be hauling some heavy things. You know, those farther parking spots sometimes are a matter of a few extra seconds of walking. But yet optically we're like, oh, I can't park all the way over there. Well, for those that are able-bodied, it's another like seven seconds sometimes, maybe twenty. Like it'd be good for us to spend more time outdoors to walk. So start maybe parking further away. Make sure it's safe where you're parking, not in dark, you know, un unprotected areas, but walk further. That's really what this is about. How can we extend our time outside? That's why it's like outdoor shopping farmer's markets. Start your day outdoors. If you get coffee at a coffee shop, maybe sit outside for a little bit. Go for a walk. Find a park to do your homework or your work and bring your laptop. If you have a hotspot or you're near Wi-Fi. Um, I love all of this. This is really good for me. A lot of people are exercising outside. You can find group classes outdoors, reading in the park. Love, love, love. I used to traditionally read at coffee shops, but then I started to get bothered by people taking their phone calls on speakerphone because they are rude, listening to music and videos, all sorts of mess. Everyone brings their damn dogs and they're barking, knocking things over. So people's inconsiderateness and self-obsession kind of pushed me to more private spaces. And I think reading in the park is awesome. Uh, We talked about walking around, listening to podcasts, stretching out under the sun, you know, doing your workout routine there. Here's another odd one, but hey, walk to the post office. <laughs> sure, they say, you can leave your outgoing mail for the mailman to pick up, but you can also walk a mile or so to the post office and drop it right in that big blue box. But again, this is where we're wrapping up a lot of things. It's self-care, it's, it's exercise. We need to move our bodies, more time outdoor, walk, walk, walk. Um, and then finally, there's two more and I think these are great ones start a garden. Well, good luck. That's not going to happen for me. We're here. I would love it if I had the space, but we don't. And then finally, here's a big one. Check your local listings for fun outdoor activities. What does that mean? It means a thousand things. There are meetups where there are groups of all kinds. Go to your city and type in meetup and there will be kayaking groups, you know, gay single hiking groups, you know, all sorts of specified population driven groups that are People getting together that don't know each other, that want to meet people, that want to get outside, and they break it on down. There's all sorts of things. But also check for outdoor activities such as free concerts, farmer's markets, uh, book fairs. All sorts of stuff, maybe not local, local, but maybe a city nearby and you make that part of your day trip, and like I said, take the train or the bus, but get off a few stops further so you can walk a little bit more, or drive. It's how you get out, it's how you meet people. It's also part of just those that are single and wanna meet someone, be in environments where the kind of people you wanna date might also be. You can meet someone at a farmer's market, you can meet someone at a book fair, you can meet someone at an art gallery, you can meet someone at the park, Um, you're not going to meet them on your couch and you're not going to necessarily meet some of the good ones in a bar, especially if that's not your jam and not everyone's down with the apps. So this is like, these are, these are great ways to kind of fold up a bunch of needs getting met, um, very quickly. So I, I never, I never think about that, but definitely look into outdoor stuff locally. It's something I tell people that are adults trying to make friends because a lot of people make friends in their youth or at work or at school. Uh, So for adults trying to make friends, I think these meetups and outdoor activities are awesome for people that are new to a city and trying to learn about the city for people that are trying to also find love. Google, it's going to be your best friend. But these are all the different ways to pull ourselves outside. And like I said, even about the pet, going to like a dog park. I can't tell you how many friends have have gone on dates based on someone they met at the dog park or made friends or found resources based on conversations that were had and bonds they formed. Because if you keep going to the same places whether it's a dog park or a park or a farmer's market, you start to see people familiar, become familiar to you. Also that was happening at my coffee shops where I started to get to know the baristas and other people that were there and sometimes you learn their name, other times you sit and talk, sometimes you just smile. But it became like another home, it became another place to be known, to be seen, to be validated, to be connected with. And sometimes you don't even need to be connected with, it just feels good to be around. And so start thinking, challenge yourself. Um, but get Googling. There's a lot of great stuff on there. Um, all right, we're gonna take a little break and we'll come back and later in the show, we'll be sliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline, IG page, questions you got, topics you want covered, something you want us to drop deeper into always happy to hear from you. And uh, we are channelq.com. It's where you want to go to check out past episodes of Loveline. Scroll down, look for the name of the show, click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. lots of great stuff. It's all about repetition to really internalize a lot of these skills. So go re-listen, but stick around y'all. We got more to come. We'll be right back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back. And I just wanna make a quick commentary on porn because Jada Pinkett Smith, Gwyneth Paltrow came out talking about how they think porn is harmful to women. And uh, I, I, you know, I wanted to hold space for that because porn is a cultural artifact. Porn lets us know what's happening in culture what's incorporated in, what's left out. Porn is really helpful for people that are sex phobic or sexually anxious to encounter sex, to see it. It also helps people really explore their identity and figure out who they are and what they enjoy. For some, it is their sex life or part of their sex life. For those that don't have access to partners or don't want one or are more solo sex based. For others, it's where they participate with their kinks and fetishes because they can or don't want to actualize it in the real world. Um, and also I want to look at some of the research. This is a big piece that just came out, um, published in frontiers in psychology and shows that partners, romantic partners who watch porn together report higher relationship quality. But that makes sense. Because if we can share that part of ourselves with our partner, we can share any part of ourselves because that's often the most shame-based protected part. And it's a really powerful way to build intimacy and to connect with another healthy adult to show them that part of yourself. Watching it together is also a safe way to maybe bring in some newness and novelty or, quote unquote, to bring in others because it's just in fantasy on the screen. But it can spike that arousal. It's something to bond over. Um, it's also us working on our sexual self-esteem, not sitting in shame and letting someone else see us in our sexual state and learning about our deeper tastes. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the people that are slamming porn use don't understand the porn industry. There's so many different types. It's like film. Not every film involves murder and shooting people. But yeah, we want to be aware of the impact those things have because those normalize too. All film, whether erotic or not, has an impact on us. But there's a lot of porn that is female created. Yes, there's feminist porn made by women for women, focusing on women's pleasure. There are now a lot of safeguards in the industry. Porn performers are not sex trafficking victims. Those are two separate industries. The porn industry has a lot of regulations. There are agents. There are protocols. There is testing. They have, porn performers know their sexual status far more than most people. Most people are not getting STD or STI tests on the regular. Porn performers are. They're also more more aware and better with sexual communication and boundaries and self-care. So we want to be very thoughtful before we slam an entire industry. Because again, we are raising the bar and most porn these days is actually things like those websites like OnlyFans where people are creating their own adult content. It's under their control. What they produce, who they perform with, but also in the general porn industry partners, uh, porn performers get to choose who their partners are. They get to ahead of time discuss who they'll work with, what they'll do, what what they won't do. And like I said, a lot of them now have agents. And so we wanna be very thoughtful about not making these broad sweeping statements. I mean, having just said that also, there's nothing Gwyneth Paltrow does that I support. I don't really understand where she's coming from, but she promotes a lot of problematic things that are misinformed, like steaming your vagina and the jade eggs. And a lot of those from true industry insiders and medical professionals have been knocked down and slammed. So, you know, again, people are pushing back. I, Jada and Gwyneth, obviously don't have a lot of experience around porn and have most likely not talked to any porn performers or directors. And I can tell based on what they're saying. Because there's a lot of people <clears throat> pushing back, talking about the high quality content. It's curated with an eye for sexual wellness. Um, and again, I can tell you that there's no science or there's no good science or good data that um, talks about it having negative outcomes. And even on my Twitter, at Chris Donahue, I was just recently tweeting a lot of research by people whose work I value, Dr. Nikki Prowl. She's a fan, fan um, friend of the show. She's been on the show before. She just yet again put out a new piece. And this is debunking a lot of the misinformation out there where people think that pornography use leads to erectile issues. And another study saying there's no relationship between time viewing porn and erectile functioning. There's not, and this is a quote, we cannot find any statistically significant correlations between erectile dysfunction and porn content. What is consistently shown over and over and over is that only shame about viewing porn is what's been related. To sexual function the problem is the shame feeling bad about what you just did even though it's a very normal thing most people do watch porn we have this we have all the research porn companies like Pornhub publish research who's looking what are they looking at for how long oh yeah and they are monitoring the content and like I said the growing content is by people performing at home on webcam or making videos completely in control making all the decisions it's just part of life y'all. We got to get familiar with it. Sex exists in all different places and ways. It exists on the beach. It exists in regular film. It exists when people are standing in line in front of you and you're sub, sub you know sexualizing them. We have to learn how to encounter sex. The work isn't about shunning it or shoving it away. We have to get more familiar with it. So if you're afraid of porn or you think it's bad, maybe take some time to do some actual research into who's looking at it, what they're looking at, the impacts. But be very thoughtful where you research because all the sexual scientists and the porn scholars have put out a lot of amazing work, no agenda other than putting out what their studies are showing and what they've learned. Um, there's a lot of people that have some hidden agendas because they make money off of the treatment for these so-called quote unquote porn addictions and things like that. When the issue is really the shame and the work is about integration and feeling confident in who you are, what turns you on and the things you access. Um, all right, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to be sliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions you got, topics you want covered, something you want us to drop deeper into. Always happy to hear from you. And uh, we are channelq.com, where so we want to go to check out past episodes. But we'll be back. So stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import Chicago, Illinois. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. All right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time to uh, slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline and G-Page, questions, topics, things you want covered. I'm even singing about it. All right, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, my best friend since high school, over 15 years. That's beautiful. The ability to have long-term relationships is a good sign. People that have short-term relationships or a lot of chronic relational issues Got some work to do on your mental health. Our mental health is demonstrated by the quality of our relationships. Who's in our lives? What are the kinds of things we struggle with? It's a really good diagnostic tool. So having had best friends since 15 years means you know how to stick around, work through, commitment, awesome. This person though, you said, is getting married next year. All right. I've met their fiance only a few times because she's not very social. Okay, sounds like me. I might be the fiance. I'm not that social. I'm very particular about who I spend time around. You're up against my solo time. And my time alone is quite fascinating and full of joy and amazingness. So if I'm going to step out into the world to connect with another person, you better have something to offer. I only like to be around people that I can transform, that can transform me. I like stimulation. I like kind people. I don't like people that are catty or mean or sassy or whatever. So I feel you. She's a thinker. But anyway, you said, I've only heard bad things about her. From who? So when my best friend told me she was proposing... Oh my god i was kind of shocked i know it's none of my business but i can see my best friend changing and not enjoying even planning a wedding oh my god am i allowed to bring up my concerns or just let it go oh well i don't know it depends what kind of bad stuff you heard i mean this is one of those real tough ones i i want my friends to all feel emotionally safe enough with me to bring up things that they think are in my best interest my friends don't need to necessarily like my partner. It'd be cool if they did, but that's not mandatory. I can have friends that, it's vice versa. If my partner doesn't like my friends, my friends don't like my partner, I'll see them separately. That's how I tend to socialize anyway. I like deep, close connections. I'll, I like one-on-one. I don't need everyone to be together. A lot of my friends have never met each other. I like to go do one-on-one stuff, deep closeness. Um, but I want, like I said, I want to make sure everyone's in relationships where friends can share concerns respectfully. So I want, you to be able to have emotional safety where you can say to your friend, but I want to know who's telling you these horrible things because is it coming from the person marrying her? Because if so, that's a concern. It's coming from other people. That's their experience. I want you to have your own experience of her. If you enjoy her, well, then you enjoy her. Just because other people don't like her doesn't mean you won't. So I don't really know what that's about. But But again, the bigger red flag is that you don't feel as though you can safely share thoughts with your friend that this time happened to be about his fiance, but it doesn't really matter who or what it's about. You're still telling me in terms of process, we don't have the kind of closeness where I can share difficult things. That is not a good sign. So use this again, as I said in the earlier DM, as an opportunity to practice having important, vulnerable, difficult conversations with people that are in our lives. Like there's a theme going here in a lot of these DMs that we don't form safe, transparent relationships with people. And then when we need to be able to access that, we don't have access to that. That is why we have to work on that from the door. If you have a friend of 15 years, dear God in heaven, I hope you've shared a lot of difficult things and you should be able to say to them, I'm concerned about something. Like that's that's alarming to me actually what have y'all been doing for 15 years as friends that you've never had these hard conversations about other things? Like what's going on? What's going on? Like I have to do, I have to do a little reality testing right now. Why am I hearing a lot of these questions that are centered in that y'all work on that, work on that. Um, but it also comes down to it depends what it is that's being said. But again, I want you to just work on the intimacy. So there's my answer. Yeah. You got to talk about it. Cause y'all got to learn how to talk to each other. Woo. It hurts my soul when I hear that people have been connected to each other for as long as people have. And what is it, always just sunshine and daisies and rainbows, nothing hard's ever come up. You haven't kind of been in that space before somehow. We gotta get better about that. So that's my homework to everyone. Have difficult conversations. Yeah, always. I have them all the time my relationship and we're better for it because it makes us feel closer. Also can lead to some really hot sex afterwards, capitalizing on that intimacy that you just built with the issues. All right, y'all, Oof, you're worrying me. You're worrying me. Keep listening to the show. Maybe pick up my books, Rebel Love and Sex Outside the Lines. You need a lot of help. But thank you for your vulnerability. Yo, know, if you've got a question, for us, drop it in the DMs on our LoveLine IG page, questions, topics you want covered, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for the show, click on it. Bam, they're all there. We'll be back tomorrow night, though, so join us. Um, y'all, you know, be kind to yourselves and those around you. As always, thanks for hanging out, and you enjoy the rest of your night.